0: This is the Read to Lead podcast, episode 101.
1: Hi, I'm Bob Berg, co author of The Go Giver, a little story about a powerful business idea. Want a powerful podcast to listen to? You found it. It's the Read to Lead podcast with my great friend, Jeff Brown. What are the changes that either technology or demographics or the fact that 6 billion people are connected by a mobile device, what does that change to your market and to your ability to be one click away from being a billionaire? Welcome to the Read to Lead podcast with Jeff Brown. Jeff believes that if you desire to achieve true success in business and in life, then consistent and intentional reading is a must. The Read to Lead podcast will not only help you narrow this ever-important reading list, but also bring you key insights and valuable feedback from some of today's most successful and inspiring authors. And now, here's Jeff.
0: Hello to you and welcome to the podcast that is dedicated to your personal and professional growth, where each week we sit down with a successful and inspiring business book or nonfiction author and we chat about their latest book and their expertise in areas like leadership, personal development, career, marketing, business, productivity, or entrepreneurship. In today's episode, we'll be chatting with a guy named Jay Samet, author of Disrupt You, Master Personal Transformation, Seize Opportunity, and Thrive in the Era of Endless Innovation. I'll be asking Jay about the secret to thriving as a disruptor, why disruption has to be a part of your DNA if you want to be a successful company in the 21st century, what to do if you're struggling to get a job or are ready to make a career transition, and a lot more. I meant to mention this in episode 100 and completely forgot about it, so I'll mention it today. I am beginning to free up more time in my schedule for speaking opportunities, and to that end, I have a brand new speaking page on my website. It's com slash speaking. So if your company or organization is looking for someone to speak on becoming the kind of employee your company can't live without – Social media, blogging, and online marketing, transitioning from a nine to five job to being your own boss, and of course, creating, growing, launching, and monetizing a podcast and much more. I'd love to hear from you. Again, that's read to lead slash speaking. And I'd love to see you do for your health what I've recently done for mine. One of the smartest investments I have made this year is in a motorized desk, and I encourage you to check out the folks at UpDesk. You can find out more about them at readtoleadpodcast.com slash desk. Well, Jay Samet is a digital media innovator and pioneer. In the music, video distribution, social media, and e-commerce space, he is recognized as one of the world's leading experts on disruption and innovation. He launches billion-dollar businesses, transforms entire industries, revamps government institutions, and for over three decades continues to be at the forefront of global trends. He is also the author of the book Disrupt You, Master Personal Transformation Seize Opportunity and Thrive in the Era of Endless Innovation. I am thrilled to have him. Jay, welcome to the Read to Lead podcast.
1: Thanks, Jeff. Pleasure to be here.
0: Well, I am loving the book, and it's it's not often that I start off a conversation with this, but I, I'm loving it. It's quickly become, Jay, I can easily say it's in my top three for the year, but it's it's about to take over the number one position.
1: Wow. I'm so flattered. And, and let me also start off that for anybody that listens to Jeff as my way of saying thanks for you doing this, I have a companion workbook to help you do the exercises to transform your life and, and get the most out of it. And I will send that to anybody that wants it for free. And we'll talk about where at the end of the program.
0: Excellent, awesome. My gift to your listeners. That is wonderful. Thank you for that. Well, sure. let's uh, sort of set the stage for the conversation and, and answer the question: Who ultimately disrupt you is is for?
1: So I built startups. I've sold startups. People, billions of people use. The companies that I've helped create and been a part of things like LinkedIn and eBay and Google. And I teach how to build a high tech startup at the university level. And I was shocked at how many people, either at the end of their career or the beginning of their career, really don't understand how the world works <laughs> and They don't teach us at school. So there was there was a void in most business books, and you read many, Jeff, are either one guy saying how great he is or somebody from the outside analyzing. Mm. And here I've had the fortunate to work with all these people who became billionaires and transformed the world. And we're not great people. We're Mm. just average Joes that had persistence and an idea. And so if we can teach people how to do that, if you're setting out and wanting to answer just a couple questions and here's here's the questions you know are you living life or you just paying bills until you die to me you you only have one shot at this and the purpose of life is to find a purpose and then to you know explore your potential and so that's who the book's really for people that have problems and are dissatisfied with the direction of the life is going and as you can share with your listeners, this isn't a tree-hugging, psych mumbo-jumbo book, is it, Jeff?
0: No, not at all. And I think I'm, I'm in the majority uh, when I say that You know, as I grew up, I sort of had this thought drilled into me from who, who I'm not sure. But it seems like me and everyone around me had the mindset of, well, you know, the great ideas, those come from other people. They don't come from the likes of, of people like me. Uh, and that's one of the things I love so much about the book is, as you said, it presents this this concept that anyone is capable of this. You said it yourself. You weren't anybody special. Uh, it's, it's a matter of rethinking these, I think, as you term them, internal value chains and understanding that it comes down to how we how we view ourselves and interpret our personal strengths.
1: Yeah. So in the past, if you had a problem, most of us look at problems as, oh, what was me? I have a problem. If anybody listening has a lot of problems in their life, congratulations, you are halfway there to being super successful because all that an entrepreneur does is solve problems. So every obstacle is really an opportunity in disguise. Give you a great example. Jeff, have you ever had an airplane flight canceled when you're sitting at the airport? I have, yeah. So 90% of us sit there and go, oh darn, what a horrible day. (laughs) So a guy who I did business with, Richard, was sitting stuck in, in, in the airport and he looked around and said, wow, there's a lot of people stuck. Wonder what it will cost to just charter a plane and sell tickets to everybody so that Richard and his girlfriend could fly for free. And that's how a high school dropout music exec launches an airline. Of course, we're talking about Richard Branson. Mm. That's a disruptor thinking, right? You're in traffic. You go, oh my God, I hate traffic. Somebody else is in traffic and goes, wow, the mobile phone company knows that my phone's in this car and... The next driver's phone's in his car, so if they tell them to go right and me or left, we end traffic. That was the basis of Waze, which was acquired for billions of dollars. So, anybody that has problems can suddenly look at life as this huge opportunity to solve problems for others.
0: By the way, Waze is one of my favorite apps. I use it all the time. Uh, well, well, Jay, where would you say we, we've gone wrong? Why, why are most of us not doing it right? Is, is, it, is it our educational system's fault? Is it our parents' fault? Is it society's fault? <laughs> so <laughs> Who's to blame? So we, can,
1: we can start off blaming everybody, but <laughs> at, the end, at the end of the day, everybody wants to change the world, but nobody wants to change themselves. Yeah. So, It begins with yourself. Our educational system was designed to have everybody conform to go work at a factory. Right. And get that job and that gold watch. Well, it doesn't exist anymore. There are not going to be jobs for 2.3 billion millennials that are coming up. That is more people in one generation than were on the planet when my parents were born. So the idea that there's a big company, that the Fortune 500 company are going to give you that gold watch, well, The Fortune 500 companies aren't surviving. Only 57 of the original ones are still on the list. So when you look at that an Uber can displace anything, an Airbnb, you really start seeing that you have the power to change the way that you see yourself. And that's where it starts. You know, you've been told since a young age that you can't do such and such. You're not good at math. You can't do this. You can't do, it's all BS. Those, (laughs) those, those Myers-Briggs tests, are such a bunch of malarkey, and I talk about it and disrupt you, that, you know, your personality is malleable. You're, you know, if the universe is expanding, why aren't you?
0: One of the things you you point out that I keyed in on is is this secret to thriving as a disruptor. You say is taking or leveraging an existing technology, but applying it to uh, a different industry. What, what would be some examples uh, of successful attempts at that?
1: So the, the oldest classic one that, that I love is... Let's go back 500 years. (laughs) Somebody figured out how to take an olive oil press and turn it into a wine press. It took them, you know, 1500 years from when the the ancient Greeks pressed olives to go, wow, they put a grape in there. We can make wine. Um, (laughs) not the most innovative thing, but people were slow in the middle ages. Uh, but so many people bought wine presses that there was too much wine, too many Rieslings being made in Germany. And everybody went out of business and there were all these used wine presses. So a guy named Gutenberg looked at that thing and said, wait a second. Mm. This movable type thing that I've been playing with would work a lot better if I shoved it in a wine press. So we're taught in school that he sat there like like Doc Brown with the flux capacitor in <laughs> Back to the Future and just had this wholly formed eureka moment of oh my God, here's an idea. <laughs> no, it's looking at the detrius that's left over of failed things in other industries. Mm. And, and just that one change of taking something and taking it from one place to another I'll give you one that's not in the book that somebody walked up to me after a speech and I called a thigh slapper when you when mm. you go and you go damn why didn't I think of that <laughs> you ever see those digital watches that you get for you know like at with a happy meal that cost like six cents to make oh yeah yeah so imagine putting one of those on the cap of a medicine bottle okay when you pick up your, your prescription. Mm. So every time you close it, it starts the countdown clock again. So now the question is, Jeff, did you take your medicine at lunch? Oh, I don't remember. You look at the bottle and it says, oh, it's been six hours. No, I didn't. Or it's been four minutes. Oh yeah, before Jay got on the show, I just took it. The biggest problem and cost in medicine today is the lack of efficacy of people not taking and following their prescriptions. This one six cents difference to a bottle revolutionizes the medical industry that was taking two simple things that already existed and you're now seeing legislation being proposed to mandate this now that we have nationalized Medicare and, and medical and Obamacare because this will save billions of dollars.
0: We're talking about disruption in the context of individuals. We're talking about disruption in the context of of companies and organizations as as well. And Jay says that if you want to be a successful 21st century company, disruption has to be part of your DNA. So so what does that look like, Jay, in in the real world?
1: So imagine that you went to a doctor who was 50 years old and he told you that he hasn't learned anything since he left med school. Would you go to him? No. (laughs) Every drug, every procedure has changed over the past 30 years. Why would anybody hire an employee that isn't constantly learning? Mm. Our world is changing at an exponential rate. and, And the advantage is the individual can focus on something that the big company can't. The big company is always fighting last year's battle. Their existing competitors, you know, Kodak, you know, invented the digital camera, but was so consumed with market share of film that they stifled it. So in 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 the 21st century, what it's really about is looking at what are the changes that either technology or demographics or the fact that we all six billion people are connected by a mobile device. What does that change to your market and to your ability to be one click away from being a billionaire?
0: Well, and you hinted at this. I love one of the quotes. I love many of the quotes from the book, but one I particularly keyed in on was where you say lifelong learning is no longer a luxury, but a necessity for employment. It's really the the kind of thinking that prompted me to launch this podcast. I went from my early 20s to my early 30s thinking, okay, I learned everything I needed to learn. I'm done now. Thank goodness that's over. I don't have to read any more books. And then somewhere in my early 30s, it hit me that no, I'm 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 far from done. If I want to get anywhere in life, I need to be a lifelong learner.
1: And, and what what terrifies me, and here's a weird stat: of those that graduated the uh, university college in the U.S., 42 percent never read another book. Yeah. So if you want to know why you're not getting ahead. Maybe because everybody else is learning.
0: Well, a portion of the book early on is dedicated to uh, this idea of visualization. Jay, why is, is that so important in your view? And share, if you would, what the process is like f- for you personally.
1: Sure. So it really starts at a basic concept. Have you ever heard a great idea from somebody in a bad mood? And the bottom line is No. You shut down to opportunity when you're in a funk. Mm-hmm. If you're spending all your brain power worrying about tomorrow or reliving the mistakes of the past, you're losing the opportunity of the present. And so guys like Arnold Schwarzenegger visualize time and time again, them being on the, on the podium, winning, uh, the Mr. Universe. Every great athlete mm-hmm. pictures the day at the Olympics and that's gets you in that positive mindset. Mm-hmm. So, The simplest way, it's called effectuation and there's been lots of studies on it and I cite several of them and disrupt you, but if you can start each day with two affirmations, one, that today can be better than yesterday and just say it to yourself and two, you have the power to make it so, you will suddenly see opportunities that were just out of your view before because you're in a better mindset and tons of people do this and some of the most successful people do it and it's such an easy routine to get into and you'll really see, try going 24 hours without a single complaint and see how more miraculous your life becomes.
0: Mm, mm, I love that. Well, chapter three is called The Disruptor's Roadmap, and Jay gets into what that is and isn't. It's really about starting with the end in mind and then working backwards from there, isn't it?
1: You, you nailed it. So many people feel like, I don't know how to get to something. Mm. I, I don't know all the steps. And, and, and Reid and the founder of LinkedIn and PayPal – uh, and the smartest person I ever met who was nice enough to write the the intro to the book. He has an expression that an entrepreneur is somebody that jumps off a cliff and assembles an airplane on the way down. <laughs> so don't feel that you have to know all the steps. If it was all known, somebody else would have done it. The best part of the unknown is you will go down and try something that others haven't thought of. And in the failure of that, you will discover things that weren't known. So I'll give you a great example. Three young guys had a brilliant idea before broadband just came out. Said, wait a second, dating sites always have a still picture. What if we had video and you could hear the person's voice and and get a better sense, we're gonna make a fortune. This is the greatest idea since sliced bread. It was called tune in, hook up, and it bombed. (laughs) Nobody wanted to date these people. These people were losers. These people were such losers when they looked at the data of their failed dating site They couldn't figure out why people were sending around links to look at these videos of these losers. (laughs) So they changed the name of their company to YouTube Mm. and sold it for billions (laughs) without ever making a dime in revenue.
0: It's understanding uh, what can be salvaged from an otherwise uh, failed idea.
1: Look at the data. Data has no ego. Invite it to every meeting, and it will never steer you wrong.
0: Mm. Well, building a brand of one is the topic of chapter four. And, and Jay says, I'm quoting here, if you're struggling to get a job or if you are ready to make a career transition, all you need to do is target the link ripest for disruption. Uh, what exactly does that mean, Jay? Give us an example of that in action.
1: So I'll, I'll give you some real basic ones. The first place that most people are going to discover you is in the virtual you, mm. maybe your LinkedIn page. How did you choose those sentences that you wrote? What words are employers looking for? They're going to get a thousand resumes. They're going to search through a thousand databases. How are you going to stand out? And there are actual studies of what words they're looking for. Are you using those words? You know, If you want to get a job and get a lot of money, you have to be the best in the world of what you do or the only one doing it. So by definition, if you're the only one doing it, you're the best. How do you make yourself stand out and be unique? And there are so many ways to do that, to really leverage yourself. All of a sudden we have social media experts, we have podcasting experts, we have internet of things experts, medical wearable experts. None of these people were in these fields five years ago. (laughs) Okay? So step one is self-proclaiming, I am the foremost expert in 3D printing Mm. for candy. Next thing you know, you actually are. (laughs) Um, When I got out of college, I followed the rules that I was told. I got good grades. I worked hard, you know, nailed all my tests and I got out and it was recession and there were no jobs. And I'm like, this wasn't the contract I was led to believe that life would be. And I didn't know what to do and I couldn't find a job. So I printed up business cards for $1, made up a company. And went out there as if I worked for a company that didn't exist, hoping no one would ever visit the company <laughs> and suddenly built it into doing millions of dollars, mm-hmm. realizing that the only thing you need to succeed is an idea and persistence. Everything else can be hired. Mm-hmm. So you can build your brand of what you want to be. And that's, you know, a core of standing out in a world with so many average people.
0: Uh, related to that i was fascinated and uh, maybe you can expound on this by the the uh, example you share from your own life uh, when you were trying to break into an industry and and you took out your own ad
1: yeah so again i think i didn't realize how different my brain was wired and i got lucky uh, but <laughs> i i solve problems backwards as we described So I knew I wanted to get a job at at one of the big, I was in Los Angeles, one of the big studios and entertainment company. And like, how do you get in that first job? Because everybody always has a job before you hear about it and you don't get an interview. So I wrote up the dream job and I posted it and it achieved several things. One, the people that applied to it, I could look at their resumes and say, Hmm, where are they coming from that they think they're qualified for this dream job? That'll show me the next step of where I should go. Mm. Number two, the fact that they sent out resumes for a dream job means that they have one foot out of the door of their current job. So if I send my resume to their current employers, I have a pretty good chance that there's going to be a job opening at one of those companies. And sure enough, I instantly have my first job at, at, at a studio.
0: I think that's incredibly creative. <laughs>
1: let, let me, let me give you the 21st century version yeah,
0: of it. Yeah. Yeah. Please do.
1: There was a young man who, who, worked at the bottom, 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 below the bottom of a large ad agency in New York. And it's not why he went into advertising. He wanted to work for a great creative director working on brilliant campaigns, but how are you gonna get noticed when you're at the bottom? So he bought the keyword names of the biggest creative directors, knowing that everybody sooner or later Googles themselves And it said, you know, basically that he wanted to work for that person. They were so intrigued by his creativity that he got meetings with three of the five most famous creative directors and got job offers from two of them. Mm. So he skipped the 10,000 people in between him and the top and instantly rose to the top of the agency and won a Clio for doing it.
0: Amazing. Well, Jay, I've got uh, some questions I want to ask you that aren't directly related to the book. And and I feel like before we get to those, we've kind of sort of just touched the tip of the iceberg here. Is there anything else from the book you want to make sure we understand and know before I move to some of those other questions?
1: So Disrupt You is in in three parts. The first part is, as I said, in order to change the world, you have to change yourself, see yourself different, see opportunity. The second third breaks down every aspect of every industry, from from research and design, to marketing, to manufacturing, to show you how to disrupt and capture value. And the last third is for those people whose financial goals have been met, how you can apply the same principles to change educational systems, governments, overthrow governments, really make an impact on the world.
0: Well, something I ask every person I have a chance to chat with is about what they're reading. And so I'd love it, Jay, if you could name for us a couple of books that, that you've read or you might be currently reading that have impacted you dramatically and, and share why or how they impacted you as they have.
1: So i I'm going backwards. The Peter Principle mm-hmm. impacted me early in life. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. For those that don't understand or haven't heard of it, it was the people will rise to their level of incompetency in their career. The exact opposite of what you would have thought. And that book really got me to see how malleable our world is and how you can make an impact. Uh, the book I'm reading right now is Rob Turcic's book, Vaporized, which really is talking about how our physical world of things is turning into a, a digital world <laughs> uh, uh, and really explains the sharing economy and and how, you know, growth and other drivers are changing. So those are two books that come to mind.
0: Love it. I do have uh, a few years, not as many as you, but a few years in the music industry and have seen many of my friends uh, impacted by by changes there the last 10 uh, 15 years, and then I spent quite a bit of time in radio, and that industry, of course, is being impacted as well, just like every other form of traditional media, it seems. Um, I know you do a fair amount of public speaking, uh, a lot of keynotes as well, and I believe that the ability to effectively share your ideas in public is, is key uh, as a leader. And I'd be curious to know, Jay, uh, what some of your tips are uh, for delivering an impactful and, and memorable, meaningful public talk.
1: Well, first of all, none of us remember facts, okay? You mm-hmm. can look up on Google facts, but people remember how someone made them feel. Mm. So a great speech is an emotional speech. My, my, my favorite all-time example of this, and it's up on YouTube if anybody wants to look up Jay Samet commencement address, is I was asked to, to speak in front of 7,000 college students graduating mm. a few years ago, and I realized I'm the only person standing between them and having fun. <laughs> I am not Oprah, I am not Obama, I am not a household name. Mm. Why do I have to sit through this boring guy who I've never heard of? So unless you can win them over and transfix them and make them feel something and to have 7,000 people, you know, laugh and applaud and jump through the hoops and and feel your personal story. So the second thing is you're up on that stage as a person. People have to get a sense of you. Mm. Be open, share something personal about you. And that will take you the longest way to success.
0: Jay, at the end of the day, when your time is up, what do you hope to be remembered for the most?
1: Wow. Um, being the first man to live to be two thousand years old um, <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> um, Seriously. <laughs> what what I realize is I've been very lucky and fortunate. I grew up working class family, a mm-hmm. dyslexic kid who was you know totally was stupid. And you wake up and you see that you and your friends have fundamentally, you know, changed, changed the world. And I'm now dedicating my life. I can get on a soapbox for just two seconds. Mm-hmm. When I see what's happening with ISIS, when I see what's happening with the Greek economy, mm-hmm. when I see in our own country, what's happening in Ferguson and Chicago and, and, and our inner cities, these aren't examples of, of race, religion or culture. This is massive unemployment for those under 30. Mm. So unless we can really teach people to think more entrepreneurial, even if you work in a big company and be an entrepreneur, and I talk about that in Disruptive, unless we have this mindset of how we can impact the world for better, we're going to see the middle class wiped out and life that we enjoy radically altered on a global basis. So my legacy is really trying to empower people to think differently and really transform themselves so they can have the kind of life that they dreamed of when they were in the fourth grade, not the type that they're just paying bills until they die.
0: You you hinted at this earlier, but um, I wanted to kind of touch on this for just a moment. Uh, I get the sense from you reading the book and hearing from you today that dyslexia has been a true advantage for you. And that's becoming more and more the case for those who are being diagnosed with it. Would you say that's a fair statement?
1: absolutely so i can no longer take credit for my you know out of the box way of thinking but you can <laughs> rewire your brain and think that way so the walt disney's the thomas edison's all these great things one out of three businesses starting the uk is, is headed by somebody that's dyslexic um tell you a a, a a classic tale on this that is just so moving young thomas edison came home from from school in elementary school with a note that the teacher said to give to his mom and his mom read it and And he said, what's it say? And and his mom said, oh, the note says, you were such a bright young man that we have nothing to offer you at this school. Your mom should teach you at home. And so he was educated at home and he went on to be the greatest inventor of the 20th century. When his mother died late in his life, he found that note she had held on to it. And the note actually said, your kid is basically stupid and so disruptive. We will no longer accept him in your school. Mm So wow, what an impact. We now medicate kids, you know, to sit still. We try to conform everybody. When you really look at it, no one led a nation or a company by following the path of someone else. You know, stop, stop giving up on your dreams by listening to people that gave up on theirs. You know, you have a chance to make an impact and we're now one click away from billions of people. Why not try? And if you fail, so what? you'll regret later in life the things that you didn't try much more than the things that you failed at. Mm,
0: excellent. Uh, just, a, just a neat story. Well, uh, what's next on the horizon uh, for you, Jay? I know it's been just a few months since the book released. Uh, what are you and your team working on now that you're excited about? So
1: I'm CEO of a public company called SeaChange. We're the people that invented video on demand mm. and are changing. So television isn't somebody saying, go home to watch this <laughs> Thursday at eight o'clock, but now uh, enabling where we power, satellite and cable companies and mobile companies in uh, 70 countries around the world, allowing people to consume what they want, where they want, when they want and how they want. So continuing to disrupt television, I'm super excited about wearables, the internet of things, 3D printing, uh, autonomous vehicles, I, I wish I could clone myself, be 20 again, and go 20 different directions. We really are in an era of endless innovation. And if somebody's sitting there and saying they're, they're bored and there's no opportunity, I'm just shaking my <laughs> head. Uh, it's an amazing time. Mm-hmm. And there's no glass ceiling in the digital world.
0: Well, Jay, uh, you mentioned uh, at the outset uh, the opportunity to pick up a free workbook to go along with the book itself. How, how might we go about doing that?
1: Sure. So there's exercises so you can get more out of this, how to come up with your billion-dollar idea, how to move to the next step, how to how to get it funded and all that. So go to jsamet.com and drop me a line, and I'd be more than happy to send all of your listeners a copy of the workbook, my gift uh, for them spending some of their valuable time with us
0: today. Well, I said it at the top of, of the conversation. I need to say it again. Uh, whatever you do today, make it a point to go out and get this book. It obviously will be linked to uh, in our show notes. I seriously consider this one of the best books I've read in 2015. So, so Jay, we really appreciate you being a part of the show today. And I just want to say a special thanks to to Nicole Welch, a rap with who introduced us in the first place.
1: Terrific. Thank you, Jeff.
0: I have linked to both Jay's Twitter and LinkedIn profiles on our show notes page, as well as his website. To take him up on that offer, just visit readtoleadpodcast.com forward slash one zero one for episode one hundred one don't forget my speaking page if you think a visit from me might be right for you read to lead slash speaking and to find out more about a motorized desk and take a stand for your health visit read to lead slash desk if you've been enjoying the show and haven't yet rated and reviewed it i would really appreciate you taking time to do that it only takes a couple of minutes you can do it a couple of different ways, readtoleadpodcast.com slash iTunes if you listen there, or readtoleadpodcast.com slash Stitcher. Thanks for being a part of the journey as we've now officially embarked on the second 100 episodes of Read to Lead. That does it for this time. I look forward to seeing you next time for the Read to Lead podcast.
1: Thanks so much for listening to the Read to Lead podcast. As a subscriber, we challenge you to be more than just a passive listener. Become a vital member of the community. Visit us on the web at readtoleadpodcast.com. Until next time, remember, leaders read and readers lead.